DW Deutsche Welle Pulse Hello and welcome to Pulse. I'm Jesse Wingard in Bonn, Germany. We have lots to cram into the show, so let's not waste any time. Breakdancing is more than just dance for a group of young people in Uganda. We meet African-German rapper BTNG and two men in Nairobi are breaking down stereotypes for people with albinism. All that and more coming up on this jam-packed edition of Pulse. In Tanzania and some other African countries, people with albinism are still being hunted down and killed for their body parts. But just across the border in neighbouring Kenya, the situation for people living with the same condition is completely different. Despite challenges and some lingering discrimination, they feel much more accepted in society, have jobs and even run businesses. Eva de Vries visits two brave young businessmen with albinism in Nairobi. We are in Nairobi's biggest slum, Kibera, where about one million people live. In one of the hectic main streets, in between a shoe shop and a kiosk, is a shop called Mzungu Reloaded, where piles of mattresses and bags are for sale. Owner Wycliffe named the shop after himself. Mzungu means white person in Swahili. It's how they refer to tourists and other white-skinned foreigners. But Wycliffe is not a real Mzungu. He has albinism. In Africa, people with albinism stick out more than anywhere else in the world. Besides discrimination, they deal with skin problems due to the hot sun and limited eyesight. Wycliffe therefore wears a hat and glasses. He decided to use his skin color as a trademark in Kibera and named his business after it. Uh, I decided to call that name because most people were calling me according to my nature because I, they, I resemble like Muzungu. So where I go, they call me Muzungu, Muzungu, Muzungu. So when I got some money, I thought, what the trademark that can I put for my business to continue well? Because some people don't know my name, they like calling me Muzungu, and uh, on my side, there's no, they don't call me with bad intention. I thought of that name because... Most of the community people are. They are the ones who started calling me that name, so I used it as my trademark. Wycliffe is a beneficiary of the Economic Empowerment Program, one of the projects from the Kenya Albinism Society, an advocacy organization spreading awareness about albinism and creating equal opportunities. One of their employees, Daniel Moy, who looks like a fashionable Congolese sapper with his fancy hat and pink blouse, also has albinism. He explains how important it is for people with albinism to have ordinary jobs and businesses to feel part of society. I speak with him on the terrace of a coffee shop in downtown Nairobi. Persons with albinism, because of uh, from the start, they are not given uh, proper education. Most of them, they are not given proper education because of that uh, discrimination, stigmatization. Uh, we came up with this project to, to empower them to start their own business and to be independent because we realize that when they start their own business and when they are independent, they are able to start their own families, they are able to stand on their own, they are able to help themselves and feel in the society that we are able 
to work like any other person. And that is why we came up with this project, Economic Empowerment to Persons with Albinism. We tried to train them on how they can be self-reliant, on how they can start their own business, on how they can manage their business, and how they, through that business, how they can help their families and all that. The project is successful at helping to integrate people with albinism into Kenyan society. But even though Kenya can seem like a paradise for people with albinism, compared to neighboring Tanzania, some prejudices and beliefs remain, as Daniel explains. People think persons with albinism don't die, they vanish. That is one thing. Second, they think that uh, when you sleep with a person with albinism, you'll be cured of HIV AIDS. And then third, they believe that uh, a person with albinism, when you have that body part of a person with albinism, you'll be rich and all that. That is what people believe. But that's just a myth. It's not true. Daniel asks people to stop staring. He would prefer it if they asked questions. His organization's motto is, don't stare, ask. Back in Kibera, at Wycliffe's Mzungu Reloaded shop, a customer comes in looking for a new mattress. While hooting Boda Bodas pass by looking for passengers and his neighbors listen to loud radio, Wycliffe does his utmost to convince the young man to buy his goods. Sometimes, for people like Wycliffe, the only way to get ahead is to start their own business. I had very many challenges because getting a job was very was a very big problem. And uh, in fact, people didn't, uh, some people didn't accept me. They were, they were seeing as if I cannot do any work. So I, got, I went to very many uh, companies, I went to very many places. They were not accepting me. So only a few places were accepting me, but they were, they, where I was getting opportunities, it was not, uh, I was not being paid well. It has enabled me to, to do very well, and it, it has enabled me now to cater for my family very well. It has enabled me now to get my daily bread. The business has enabled me now to even to purchase, a, to get a house in the form of mortgage in Kibera because now I stay now and I'm a more better house because I, I used to stay in a very bad conditioned house. But now through the business, I have now a big house, a well uh, refurbished house in the, in the, in the slum. The awareness among Kenyans about people with albinism has grown over the last couple of years. Besides the work of the Albinism Society, the government has been working hard to change things too. People with albinism now get subsidized sunscreen to protect their skin, long sleeve t-shirts and glasses, for example. We are now on our way to Makadara, in the east of Nairobi, where we will meet another young businessman. His shop, where he sells products such as eggs, bread and sugar, is located in a quieter street. Children are playing. It's holiday time. Just like Wycliffe, Francis wears a hat and glasses. I speak with him through the bars of the small dark shop. It's accepting myself the way I am and believing in myself that I can, I can. Like Obama said, yes, we can. Although Francis struggled at first, he's now started offering money transfers too, and his business is growing. They are just coming. Even they are leaving their money, I do 
transaction for them. I'm dealing with something to do with transaction through phone, like paying rent, paying parking fee through, through phone. So they are trusting me with their money. I can't say I have encountered any discrimination. But that feeling of security and acceptance evaporates if he were to step outside Kenya's boundaries, explains Daniel. I can say that uh, in Kenya we are safe. Uh, it, uh, we have good country. We are through empowerment, through creation of awareness. People have known about albinism. When a child is born with albinism, the community comes in and takes care of, of that child. And that's why I feel I'm secured in the country. I'm not like uh, when I was young, when I used to hear that persons with albinism are being taken to neighboring country or uh, uh, maybe persons with albinism are being killed. I'm not scared about that right now. I feel I'm secured in the country. Back in Kibera, Wycliffe feels similar to Francis. For example, in Kibera here where I'm doing business, people don't see me as human, as a person with albinism. They see me as what I can do. And they will see me as a very wonderful person and a good person and a, a productive person. So, and so it is very important to accept yourself as a person with albinism. So long as you are confident with whatever you are doing, people will also be confident with you. But if you are a coward, people will also be a coward of you. In Makadara, Francis rides away on his wobbly transport bike carrying breads and eggs for delivery through the muddy streets. His neighbors raising their hands to greet him. Using a mixture of fighting against prejudice and self-acceptance, Wycliffe and Francis have shown that living with albinism in Africa doesn't have to make life too different from their compatriots. Eva de Vries for DW in Nairobi, Kenya. Breakdance is a style of acrobatic dance originating in the mid-1970s, often performed to rap music, usually by youth in the streets, and characterised by intricate footwork, spinning headstands, tumbling and elaborate improvised virtuoso movements. In Uganda, the Breakfast Jam, a voluntary organisation, has revived breakdance styles not only to entertain but also to educate and empower young people by bringing them together through hip-hop to promote positive change. Frank Yeager headed along to find out what it's all about. It's jam-packed with loud music, cheers and pomp here at the YMCA grounds in the capital Kampala during the annual dance competition between Uganda, Kenya and Rwanda. 20 dancers are warming up to battle it out on the dance floor in the Breakfast Jam Finals 2017. Next on stage is Big Girl Key, one of the few girls in the competition. She tells me she is good to go. For you to qualify to go to the next level, you need to execute a few moves or transitions that lead you to the next level, which is you have to add in footwork, top rock, transitions that get you from the top to going down. 
those are like roles judges look at when they're judging your performance or your battle or your solo when you're dancing because you're battling an opponent so they have to get a winner out of that so when you're on the floor battling your opponent they're looking at how you're going to execute they're looking at so many things musicality they're looking at execution they're looking at flow they're looking at sustainability when you're dancing are your moves you on point are you clean in your flow so those are things that run through your mind when you're dancing you might do the same things but you want to be slightly different from your opponent so you always have to pay an extra attention to your surrounding that is what is running through my mind i want to execute all that and put up a good show the applause and excitement from the mammoth crowds in attendance is for 11 year old sharon kakuba aka big girl an inspiration she is the youngest and center of attraction her small size makes her swift and exquisite I asked her to define her moves. I have just danced b-boy. All you can call it b-boy, but I'm a big girl. It's a type of dance, grouped it, top rocks, Indian steps, drops, the footwork, the top rocks, just all. All the claps and noise you heard from my people, they are happy because of my dance and what I did. Like, I did funny, funny things, which I thought I, they would be happy. And then I said, let me add in. The heat is on as the crowd cheers for every dancer that steps on the floor. Standing in the queue is 22-year-old B. Boise from Kenya. I ask him what could be on his mind. There is a lot of anxiety and tension going on in B-Boy's mind. My heart is beating like crazy. My heart is beating like never before. At the same time, there is this kind of excitement I can't really explain. The feeling, it's kind of like mixed feeling. To get on a big stage and battle it out, the audience don't know what to expect, but I can assure them I have got a lot of footwork and flow and at the same time I have power and fusion. But above all, it's fun time because I dance for me before I dance for anyone else. Makawes is seated close to the panel of judges, keenly observing every move of the dancers as he nods his head to the beats. He is the chairman of this breakfast jam. He tells me their goal is to empower the hip-hop community through rap and dance. For the young people that are interested in, in dancing and competing, one thing that I'm saying is that keep doing your thing, keep representing, keep, come, keep coming out and use the advantage of being here. Connect with people from these different countries. That's the reason as to why we organize this event. It's not about just coming only to see amazing people dancing, that's cool, but also when you see someone from another country, you like their style, you, 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 like how, you like how they danced, reach out, you know, learn their language, learn their culture, connect. Maybe that's going to be the, the person to invite you to their country. That's, how, that's why we do it. I mean, we can, um, as, as the Breakfast Jam, we can, oh, we can create these opportunities and we can show you doors, but we cannot kick you or we cannot push you to go through those doors. It's your responsibility. So take advantage of it. Robert Musitwa, the public relations officer for the Uganda National Cultural Center, was also in attendance. He says the youth today have popularized the performing arts and transformed it into a lucrative industry. As a country, Uganda, I'd want to recommend to look at performing art as something which is really important in terms of job creation. Art is no longer something that we used to look at 
as something for the failures, not anymore. So when we see youths getting involved in, two, in, in these performing artists, they are able to think out of the box. And I want to encourage many youths that uh, if you have a talent, please come out with that talent. It's no longer formal education that can help. Even performing arts is very, very key. For DW, this is Frank Yiga from Uganda. Perfected but not invented. Rhymes from the ego-driven self-centered. the fast lane and never got dented. And if you know a project that is taking the world by storm and should feature on Pulse, get in contact with us. We'd love to hear about it. Head to DW Africa on Facebook and leave us a message. Now, from breakdance to rap, you might be familiar with soccer stars Jerome and Kevin Prince Boateng. But have you heard about their brother, George, also known as BTNG? DW's pop export caught up with the rapper in Berlin to find out what it's like growing up as an African-German kid in the German capital and where his music is headed to next. I'm BTNG from Berlin, rapper. Rapper. Now in his early 30s, George Boateng has been making music for about eight years. In the early 1980s, his father immigrated to Germany. Let's look where my dear dad comes from, from Africa, Ghana. The writing is small, why is that? Here, from Accra, and then to Berlin. Went to university, worked hard. His debut album is titled Gewachsen auf Beton, a title that makes reference to the concrete that's everywhere in Wedding, a Berlin district with a gritty reputation. Boateng doesn't live here anymore, but he still calls it home. Wedding has this sense of togetherness. The street had maybe 500 families, and you'd know 80, 85% of them. And everyone knew your family. It was good. That's what you see in districts like Wedding, Kreuzberg, and Neukölln. It's that kind of family feeling. Today, the Boateng family are celebrities in Wedding. George Boateng's brothers are world-famous footballers. Kevin Prince played for top-level clubs and Ghana's national team. In 2014, Jerome played on the German world champion team. In his youth, George was a talented footballer, but he swapped his football boots for a microphone. We always wanted recognition, and we have that now, each in our own field. I'm heading in a good direction, and I'm grateful for the positive feedback I've been getting, which makes it even more fun. Although his father left the family when he was a young boy, Boateng was still shaped by his Ghanaian roots. The first six years of childhood are the most important, and my father shaped me in those years. Plus, Ghanaians enjoy experimenting with music and have a different lifestyle from the Germans. But words aren't enough for George Boateng. He's planning a foundation to help socially disadvantaged people. He 
He's got new rhymes in the works too, and more than enough material. And that brings us to the end of this edition of Pulse. We hope you've enjoyed the show and we'd love to hear your feedback. Head to DW Africa on Facebook and leave us a message. I'm Jessie Wingard from all of us here at DW. Have a wonderful week ahead.